0: TWD family, in case you're not aware, there's a reason why we at Squawking Dead shy away from politics. And it's not necessarily the reason that you think. The fact of the matter is, we live in a multi planar world with an infinite prism of perspectives. We discuss the human condition every week. Sure, within the context of a zombie apocalypse, but we do our best to take those lessons into the real world. We try to find meaning and value in the journey. I'm not going to bury the lead here. Things fall apart, sure, but this too shall pass. The wind always wins and nature decides, seasons change, and we all eventually meet our maker. Nature doesn't account for our desires and needs. Nature decides for us. It's what we do with that knowledge that determines our fate because we are the masters of our fate. So how do we decide our fate? It's said that hell or madness is repetition. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But we're not in hell. And the fact of the matter is that, within the context of politics, people aren't satisfied with doing the same thing over and over again, especially if the result is the same. So usually what follows is an escalation or doubling down. Have you not learned from All that War? Have you learned nothing from Rick and Negan going at it the same way and expecting a different result? And here we are drawing lines in the sand between us and friends and family, simply because we pray a different way. And yet, all the while, we fail to recognize that what our loved ones are praying for is our own well-being, for us. They want us to be safe, healthy, happy, fed, successful, and even joyful. The only minor and insignificant difference is that they believe in a different way to go about it. And that's it. And rather than celebrate those differences and learn from them, as I've tried to do over the last three years with this podcast, you're looking at everything we break down and then learning and getting value from it and trying to see things from the other side as we eventually learn with Negan and as we try to figure out with Rick. Some of us have chosen to shut those differences out because they don't map on to the right opinion. But right opinion? The most fundamental survival value in your toolkit is the ability to adapt. The number one mistake you can make in the zombie apocalypse is overestimating your abilities and underestimating your everyday challenges. All of this to say that in order to breed and exist in a healthy world, we have to try to understand one another, especially the people in our lives that mean the most to us. When we shut them out of our lives, we deny one another the valuable survival tactics as a people necessary to navigate. No, not the zombie apocalypse, but life itself. I hope you took something from this speech. I just see people making fun of one another and deriding each other the point is we need to learn from the walking dead from twd family to be a family and sometimes to be a family yes is to argue about points but it's also about learning to listen to one another to gain value from one another reject the things that you might not agree with but at least to try to understand them because when you do understand them you start to realize that this is just another way forward another thing that we can learn from one another and to not see each other as adversaries, but as partners facing in the same direction, looking at different paths towards success for not just ourselves, but humanity as a whole. So I urge you, please try and hold back from blaming and deriding and making fun of and putting down the other. Anyone. Do your best. Try to gain value from them. Take care, and if you've gotten something out of this, like, share, comment, subscribe, and I truly appreciate you listening. Take care. We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of The Walking Dead Universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, and sometimes, most times, we go deep. And today we're talking about the Walking Dead World Beyond's uh, fifth episode, titled <laughs> "Titled What Is The Title Again?" "Madman Across the Water."
1: "Madman Across the Water." The
0: Huck Finn references are real, but before God. we start with that, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room, that is, namely AMC Plus slash AMC Premiere. <laughs> so last night I woke up in the middle of the night after sleeping on the couch, you know, falling asleep, passing out. Waking up being like oh it's past midnight let's see if you're the walking deads on and it's not again this week sherrinzy basically confirmed in two screenshots that it was going to air after midnight on saturday aka last night we're filming we're right now we're recording on sunday at what like 5:30 um time change all that stuff you know cuz now we moved we we fell back an hour for winter that shit mm-hmm. that antiquated shit uh, <laughs> um
1: I don't
0: know why we're still doing that. Yeah, I have no idea. This it makes no sense anymore. We, this is this know. is this is when we lived in a world where we didn't realize how valuable sunlight was to us, but and yet we were dying. <laughs> for, we were dying from cold. So Great. okay, put on the put on the heater and shut your mouth and don't change the time. Okay, like and let let states that don't have that kind of heating and insulated houses and stuff like that. Not like everybody has them as it is, but so... Let them decide if they want to fall back, you know? Let's let most states not do that, okay? Can we not? I like sunlight. It's good for you. It's 530. It shouldn't be this dark. It shouldn't be this right. dark. I
1: live in New York. No.
0: Anyways, so... yes. Yeah, so the episode... The Fear the Walking Dead's fourth episode did not drop as scheduled after midnight. I don't even know if it... I guess Sharon D says says... Uh, got emails today that they were investigating a technical situation... I mean, listen, and hold on a second. Now, Sharon, did the episode air at 3 a.m. or did you just watch it in the morning? Oh, God. So, okay, so to clear things up, it aired technically at 4 because I had to fall back an hour and hit that 3.01 because that's that's what they've been saying in the promos is that, okay, oh, it's supposed to air at 12.01 a.m. So because it never mm. reached 3.01, and again, 3.01 is not the time. It's That's right. Pacific time, and li- listen, okay, listen, listen, listen listen, can we talk? Because <laughs> even I, like, you know, I happened to be up at, you know, whatever o'clock and I was about to go to sleep. And then I noticed, okay, it's 3, 3, 3 a.m. rolled over. It's technically 2 a.m. again. And I'm like, okay, so where's Fear of the Walking Dead? And I thought maybe I can get an episode in and just just so I have it in my brain for, for the next time I give, get notes. And then, you know, Monday, it's a little easier. And then it wasn't up. And then I thought to myself, okay, I, I've had it. I saw Sharon D's tweet. I retweet. I quote tweeted it, and I said, "Hey AMC, AMC Premiere. You know, some of us don't get screeners, or I didn't say that, but like some of us n- depend on this stuff so that when so we're gathering notes. I, I, didn't, I should have mentioned, you know, you're airing two episodes a week, so it means we're working double time trying to get things up. I see you're in a world where you usually uh, submit your f- Skybound's The Walking Dead submits their fan reactions." Usually on the Monday right after the episode or Tuesday, you're now doing it on Fridays because of this express fact that you guys are falling behind. You guys are doing double the work trying to trying to handle this stuff. It's like, what the hell? So, you know, again, and so I ended off. it's like, I know it sounds like we're complaining, but at the same time, you know, when you mess up like this, it causes hardship for us. So do us a favor. Like if you need to DM us so that we can actually give you guys cover, like I was just saying happy to help. You know, DM us, let us know what we can do to help, and then we can maybe f- resolve this together, at least, you know, limit the blowback, because we're paying for this shit. We don't have to. You know, some of us just get AMC Premiere, or AMC Plus now, depending on what you want, Um, because we, you know, we want Fear the Walking Dead first, and now you're, you've pushed it to Sunday morning, early Sunday mornings, it's like, you know... And again, it's not like to complain. Like, I don't usually complain about this stuff, but like, okay, now it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, you, you messed up last week. Fix it this week. That's all i that's are all asking. That's all we're asking. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so in, to share these questions, like I asked, why don't you at least let your customers know so we're not hang, left hanging, but no response on that. Use your social media to kind of contact the public and smooth this thing over because two in a row, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Alright, well, complaining's out of the way, Let's. so we did our news for today. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, I know we don't pay, I mean, it's like, what, $5, $5 a month to, to have these things early?
0: It's more than a cup of coffee, which, by the way, <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> oh, and there's a reason why AMC Plus is $8. Uh, AMC Plus is $8 because you get a whole bunch of other channels, too.
1: Oh, I'm just now realizing that Premiere and Plus are two different things?
0: Yeah. AMC Premiere is just AMC. AMC AMC Plus is like a whole package of, yeah, IFC, for instance. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other channels, I guess, that get bundled with AMC if you use Plus. And and even what's, what's crazy is that when they rolled it out, it wasn't even available to all subscribers, too. AMC Press is just, so far, just Xfinity, I think, and just a couple of other vendors. So I don't, I don't know what their deal is. Like, okay, why roll out this product if you don't have it prepared for all your other cable customers too?
1: Uh, I, I guess don't. I only have the premiere. I didn't realize it was different. I don't, but there's not. I don't know what the other channels are, but whatever they are, I'm sure I, it's not anything that I watch.
0: Yeah, I get that. What, what are your impressions on this episode?
1: Um, for me, this this episode felt um geared around Huck and Alton. I think we are definitely learning more about those characters i feel like i would call this episode you know huck and elton centric there are some tidbits that i picked up um that i'm glad to know but uh I, you know other than that it just kind of was like hey here's what happened today yeah kind of yeah. an episode you know
0: or or hey i bet you wanted to know what what how how things were like for elton well here it is <laughs> yeah cuz i mean i mean we're oh. in the fifth we're in the fifth episode and we're you know we're talking about several children that go through the, a little bit of their past and stuff like that. And now, did
1: you look up to see who plays young Elton?
0: He looked and sounded a little like Anthony Azor, uh, basically plays RJ Grimes a little bit. Oh, yes, and yet
1: I thought this kid was amazing.
0: I know that's Does the thing. Played- that's what I was gonna say. Like he looks, he looked kind of and sound kind of like Anthony Azor, except like just way more talented. <laughs>
1: Oh this I thought this kid was amazing. Oh my gosh. He I I wrote several times in my notes. I'm like just give this kid the gold already. He was amazing. I mean, I that little boy made me cry harder in this episode than I have all season.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a little what a tiny little generator. Like a little emotional generator. Like especially at the end, right?
1: Right, in the well, in the box.
0: Over Elton's monologue. <sighs> yeah. Like you know that little little like when the subtitles came up and it said whimpering. And, right. Ugh, it's terrible. It's uh
1: I like how they both um they sort of cried the same way too. Like we see Elton sort of mustering up the tears and like really thinking about what's going on and then we see that same thing happen with with young Elton when he sees his dad in the hallway. He, he doesn't just burst into tears. Like he kind of processes it and then is sad and then, you know, moves on cuz he got to get the hell out of there. But right, I just right. I like I like that. Like it really felt like young Elton
0: Yeah, yeah, like the 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 looking at his dad's body, his eyes wide open, like, and then doing the like frown thing.
1: Yeah, right. And then
0: holding on it, and then just turning away, looking at the bag, going da 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 da, walks off. I like that little touch at the end though, where he kind of just looks back just for a second and goes, "I guess that's it," you know, like in his head or something like that. You know, it's it's time to move on. So grown.
1: (sighs) (sighs) Heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Oh, it poor was. Baby.
1: I just wanted to hold him and go. It's okay. It's okay.
0: Oh, Roger Dale Floyd. That's the kid's name. Oh, look, he's a little long hair. Oh, it's so cute with his little bow tie. Aww. Oh, he was in Doctor Sleep. Really? Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh, and, and uh, yeah. Greenland too, which I, I heard of too. Mm-mm-mm-mm.
1: Was he Young Danny or was he the girlfriend's kid? Young Danny. That's
0: young right, Young Danny. This guy's making tracks, this little little actor. No wonder.
1: He's so good! They He's just, so
0: good. They just nabbed his ass. It's so great. I want to read Nisa's comment, though. The most prominent force of nature in the book was the Mississippi River in Huck Finn. Huck's main goal is to get away from his terrible, abusive, drunk of a father. Without the access of Mississippi, Huck might not have ever escaped his father, and his father could have easily killed Huck. Mm. So, unstoppable force meet immovable object. I wonder anyway. if we'll
1: ever find out Huck's real name.
0: Hmm. We might not ever, as as I things know. as things go, we might not ever find out Huck's real name. In the beginning of the episode, you f- it focuses on a fake ivy leaf in the beginning. The fake ivy She's leaf right. from, from the Dackery, Daiquiri um, Town, yeah, Daiquiri <laughs> Town, which like Margaritaville, oh, Daiquiri Town,
1: right? Daiquiri Town,
0: <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but I love how stupid it is. Like it's like okay, we we can't use Margaritaville and we can't use Mojita Village. You know, so which is not a thing. I just made that up now, Mojito Village. So let's use the stupidest thing you could think of for a place. And then what's funny about that is that you end up reaching Dakari Town, and it's as stupid as the name. It's, this, it's like mm-hmm. shack, probably with like, and it is. It's with fake flamingos in the back. Like, oh, it's nature as it was intended (laughs) plastic
1: like one building not a town not even several buildings or cantinas but just one one building one shack that's a town apparently
0: (laughs) yeah not even oh god it's a town no it's not um but yeah so yeah going into as as niece has been saying and sharon has been saying it's like going into that sign zooming out from that one fake ivy leaf which looks funny talking about like the idea of entropy and nature winning and and all that stuff and like yeah, you know, even the paint's wearing away. Nothing is. Nothing is forever. You know, mm-hmm. things uh, things fall apart, as they say. So, so I kind of like that. I kind of like that Elton even smiles at that. The kind of the idea of object permanence and how there really isn't any. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's musing over his mom's words, like, and you could tell, like, he's been thumbing his mom's manuscript throughout this entire episode, smiling at the things that that his group do to kind of, in a way, uh break from the wind break the wind <laughs> So basically, the whole group is farting no um like by the end of it he he writes it's not to not to quit just jump to the end but like the idea of he adds his own little addendum to his mom's words let's go through his mom's words and let's let's go through that because he she writes what is the strongest force in the world if you were a lay person you might say gravity if you're a high school student you might say electromagnetism which features in this episode as the the was it positive strike is it what Elton says Strike. how the lightning yeah. yeah the lightning's able to reach them 20 from 20 miles away from the storm mm-hmm. um if you were a physicist you might say nuclear but you'd all be wrong because the strongest force in the world is the force of nature nature contains us all we are nature cogs in a massive machine playing our part playing more than our part we as a race think we can escape its pronouncements skirt its rulings sneak past its guards i love that analogy it gives no consideration to wants or needs feelings or sentiment we think we can steal from it and come away with its bounty without consequence but it contains us from the beginning from our beginning to our end the biological imperative that all organisms must survive to seek food water shelter to procreate is the only reasonable offset for the crushing power of nature now as we go through this episode and we meet Elton's parents, there's a little bit of that, like, Tiger and the Lamb thing going on. Not to bring that theme back, but and yet, the, at the same time, the show does this really, really cool thing and reminds us how beautiful the destructive force of nature is. Like, as his dad's commenting on the meteor's beauty, like, obviously, he's like, oh, I was looking at Mars and this meteor just streaked across the sky. And you're like, shoot, when you see a meteor shower, it's, like, beautiful. But when you get up close,
1: what it actually is is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, and it's
0: beautiful kind from of a distance, right? and it's a, the very thing that ended the dinosaurs. Basically, is as he goes through it, it's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Hits the hits the earth, and fire burns up the entire planet. Oh shit! Uh, honey, uh, honey, cut it, cut cut, it the, cut the shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking kid. He's five. Like, he needs to know about this. Yeah, let's see how you're doing in, later on the episode. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> not doing so great. How are
1: you? He's going to learn about life and death real soon.
0: Yeah. And Anissa's saying a force of nature equals going against their own nature go, to go forward with their mission across the Mississippi River. Right, right. And not only that, going against the... I, I love this idea of, like, when Elton's dad sits him down, like, just the, just right at the end of the flashback, and his mom has to go on to the university for a meeting, they sit down together and and... and they're like, you know, they're they're dusting off the uh, what are they called fossils?
1: Yeah. yeah, right.
0: And he says to go with the grain, which you know, if you think about it, like shaving with the grain instead of against the against the grain, you know, going against the grain. The idea of you know going against what's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this idea going on where his dad is just they they keep flipping back and forth between who is the the tiger and who is the lamb. And you see, like, his dad is talking about terrifying things, but in a beautiful way, or beautiful things that are terrifying. And then his mom goes, you know, here, touch Esmeralda's belly. You know, this is like the lamb part. You know, this is the beauty of creation, of, of you know, the, the same god that creates terrifying and beautiful things creates babies. And so, but then, you know, going back to going with the grain, what is saying is kind of important, like how Elton's fighting this battle. Both in the present and you know in and in a way, what he knows in the past, like everything that he's been taught, go with the grain, go with the flow, um don't rock the boat, you know nature's terrifying, but it's also beautiful, and like I'm out here to see everything that's beautiful and terrifying and but also at the same time, you know you know we have to do whatever we can to survive survival imperative, that sort of thing go let's go with the flow, like just because it's we're you know we're we're all meant to break down, doesn't mean we have to or we try not to so there's, like, a logic flaw here that he's trying to deal with as well. You know, to cap that off, like, uh, Nisa says, if he can learn about departures, he can learn about arrivals. Uh, <laughs> like, how a re- how an entire species ceases to be with a another perpetuation of the species coming about, uh, oh. name, namely Esmeralda. But I don't know. So yeah. what what were your thoughts during that scene, too, like, around, in and around that scene where he's in the past with his dad? Like, any things that pop out at you?
1: Well, I, right, like... That we find out he he named his sister you know he's the one that gave her the name esmeralda and i don't know if we heard it before this episode i mean he's obviously referred to his sister but i don't know if we heard her name until now which i thought was kind of cool and the look on on his parents faces and they're like oh um
0: i don't think they heard uh, it we'll before
1: talk about that. yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about that um
0: can you believe this kid and oh. uh, it
1: it's it, it's the triceratops horn that they're working on at that bench too that was Those were probably the two things that, that jumped out at me most. And then as they're dusting it off, we hear, like, the sirens and the alarms and stuff coming through the radio. His dad says to Amelia when she gets the message about having to go to her meeting, and he says, well, you know, just be careful. There's been some police activity. And, I mean, it kind of lets us know that, you know, the apocalypse has happened. Like, it, things are, things are going on out there right now, and they're right at the beginning of it. So I thought that was really cool. I liked seeing... Early in the day of the night the sky fell, I guess.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. Early in the day, as things are already in progress, which kind of li- m- m- reminds me a little bit about *Fear the Walking Dead*. I mean, it, di- uh, it it didn't happen all at once. Like you get the video like the day before that they're watching. Oh, they tried to put down this dude that the the whatever. Like it was like the, it was like this one random shot of a helicopter. Like the
1: highway
0: video. Yeah, exactly. On the highway, yeah. going after the ambulance technician or something like that, and then they, the the cops had the to put death. him down.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then like the next day it keeps going, you know, like people are going to school, but you see noticeably see kids less absent, you know, less present or attending in the classroom. It's like, okay, all right. I know there's a lot of freaky shit going on. So I wanted to go back to Sharon's comment saying, um, the mom's name is Amelia and it means work in the context of procreation and fertility. So like the process of procreation and fertility. So I like that because the father's name is Isaac and we've heard that name before and again, we have this little interesting weird tie to Fear the Walking Dead at least in name. But also, Isaac is in the Bible as well. His father's Abraham, and what Isaac is mostly known for is the what in Hebrew is called Akedat Yitzchak. What does that mean? It's the offering of Isaac to the Lord as when he's a child, the sacrifice. Um at the last second obviously I uh, Abraham does not it com- does does not commit to this thing. Because God says, whoa, stop, good enough, (laughs) let's move on. But there's there's this weird, interesting thing thing going on where Isaac here is sacrificing Elton in a weird way. Like, he's not sacrificing, but, like, sparing Elton. He's he's putting Elton away in a box and offering himself up. Isaac is offering himself up. Weird kind of, like, turnaround. And as you see by the end of the episode he really did keep his promise. I, you know, he stood outside the door, he turned and made sure that nobody would be able to enter this door that he locked from the outside. So it did, it made me sad on the second watch.
1: That hit really hard watching him in the hallway, staring at his dad was, yeah. Like I said, every time I cried in this episode, it was, it was because of baby Elton. (laughs) Elton.
0: Baby Elton. But yeah, it's- Yeah, it's, 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 but like even just thinking about what it must have been like to be Isaac, like his dad. And yet, by the way, when, when you start hearing all the noises, you realize at some point the military does come in or this, I'll get to exactly what they're, what they're called. (laughs) One thing I noticed about when young Elton was in the box was that I think he uses the Triceratops horn to mark the days.
1: I saw that too.
0: And I think it's three. Did you see something different?
1: It was three. It has to be three. No, a human can't survive three days without water. He'd Ooh, be dead.
0: More science.
1: <laughs> Seven days without food, three without water.
0: Oh, good. Good. God damn, that kid. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah, I did see Marks and I thought, oh God, he better get out today.
0: At the end of his rope too. So I I, I noticed that. And just as he's doing that, they do bust into the room. And, and I, I thought it was noticeably interesting how he didn't come out still like, something about it, he did not trust. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about even that is that it made me, like, think back to how smart that was in, in the end. Because even when you go back to The Walking Dead, the OG series, like, milit- the military does bust into the hospital. the You know, there is there are bullet holes on the wall. I, like, I remember watching the, the opening scene for The Walking Dead, the pilot, and seeing noticing the bullet holes on the walls and stuff like that. And then you could easily have written that off as, okay... The whatever policing is in that building is just trying to ho- you know hold off the zombies, but at the same time I'm starting to think now, oh, they're just taking this and building up, bu- building it up a couple levels. Like, what if these civil defense units were coming into these places to not only you know neutralize a threat, but also to kind of proclaim dominance?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: as you, you notice that the thing that gets him to flash back to his youth or to the night the sky fell, essentially, or the day the sky fell, <laughs> is seeing that body in the warehouse where they're trying to fish for boat parts or something that could make up a boat. And he sees the corpse on the ground and that reminds him of his dad, obviously, by the end of it, right? But as you look behind him, and as he's about to flash back, I notice the holes at the side of this warehouse where the light's pouring in. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, they must have gone, you know, shack to shack, Daiquiri Town to Daiquiri Town, <laughs> you know, shooting up a whole bunch of people. And I'm wondering to myself, like, okay, there is there something bigger going on here? Is there something, like... Did, did, was there like some sort of opportunity or power vacuum that, like, is the is the deep state trying to take control of the U.S.? You know that sort of thing. Like, you know, yeah. and so like I often wonder: is like, it, it is is what it is something bigger than we think? And so mm. I don't know. I these are things that I just just make me think because you know you still see some like bullet holes in the hallway as Elton is leaving and that sort of thing. So uh, did that kind of enter your mind? at all when you, as you were watching this and then as you're maybe thinking back to previous episodes and series, even. No,
1: that didn't pop into my head. I noticed the, um, the bullet holes on the siding when all, when Elton, I, why do I keep calling him Elton when Elton was, you know, focused on the Walker, but I just thought it was like kind of nice visually, like where these lights were like kind of coming around his head and it was all sort of dreamy. Like that too. um, (laughs) Yeah. But no, I didn't, I didn't really write. I didn't. They didn't sink in as bullet holes, I guess, which they should have.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I was just like, oh, "That's so pretty."
0: <laughs> and Charity's saying, "I just watched the last episode episode of season one. And they showed the army killing pe- the people in the live in the hallway."
1: Oh yeah, yep, yeah. They weren't rescuing anybody. They were going through, lighting them up.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember that episode. Can you can you can you refresh my memory on that one? Again, I haven't watched in I it in a long time.
1: I think it was the same episode um where shane comes in and moves rick from his hospital room to a different room yeah shane's favorite yes yeah same episode oh mm-hmm.
0: shane's flashback of that pilot yes. okay yep. that's where we yep. get that okay i remember we were talking about that in a previous episode and i had to cut it up a little bit because to where it made sense but yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's where we get shane's flashback because he's at the cdc if i remember right yes right he was so they were going room to room just lighting people up just executing people right
1: yeah, that's what it looked like, definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. And so, and this kind of goes to the the idea of there's something bigger going on. You and you could easily isolate the the even Shane's flashback or Brick's flashback is sort of like oh, just neutral. You know, these sick people are going to die anyway. There's nobody really help them. People are dying left and right and turning, so we might as well put them out of their misery, right? But then now, with this whole expanded narrative, with Althea's tape, the one the one tape she was protecting in Fear the Walking Dead Season 5, with the idea of CRM, the military going against the National Guard, that whole thing, now I'm yeah. just thinking they're building this up, you know, with what they've got, the scaffolding they have to be some sort of big, big, big narrative. You know, as they're going through Daiquiri Town, and Iris is talking about Silas, about her, about Silas's grandpa liking punk. Yeah. And that his grandma so cool. getting annoyed with it or something. In
1: his Im- little impersonation of his grandpa.
0: Yeah, I like the <laughs> guitar. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> Iris is saying something Huck mentioned about the military blowing up all the bridges when things went bad. Nice. How this yeah. dovetails to our conversation. Um, now, was this to, was, was this to keep the threat at bay or was this also to kind of make sure that people could stay in and they can control people? Right. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's another, so we're playing, we're playing around with this idea and, and Every single time they say something like that, I keep going, is this the CRM? Is this how it was born? You know, is this the origins of the CRM? How they became to be? And they're erecting the fence at the campfire. You can actually capture something that uh, Am- Amelia's wrote in the book. And it says, she says, to paraphrase Darwin, nature does not favor all equally. And then Elton writes, you know, as, a, as an addendum, Maslow's hierarchy is still applicable. And it breaks and then it shows of, of the world needs more research. You know, so is, is Maslow's hierarchy still applicable to all of the world? You know, do, do does everybody need? Does everybody have different needs? You know, what's what's the what is Maslow's hierarchy? Is that apply to everything and everybody, or does nature just decide what people need? You know, does it naturally? So, because he's wrestling with the idea of does nature just take over? Do we or do we just follow nature, or why are humans different? Why is Maslow's hierarchy of needs different from person to person? Right. People put certain value on on different things. Why do people fight the wind? Why do people fight nature? And so he's wrestling with the idea of is safety the way to go? Is is safety the thing that we need, or do we fight for something bigger or greater? And do we trick nature? And we find out by the end that there is an element of okay, yes, we are stupid. (laughs) We do go against our nature. (laughs) We are creative. We try to fool nature every which way we can, and sometimes, just sometimes we can find a path through the wind. I think that's exactly what he says, right? Yeah. What a smart kid too. Like he really does grasp this idea. Like going back to something that we were talking about earlier, I I seem to be talking a lot, Um, but the idea of the tiger and the lamb, the idea of who is making whom feel more calm. And, you know, the dad talking about how this beautiful thing caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. (laughs) And, And then watching his dad be utterly terrified as he's doing his best to keep his son safe, doing his duty anyway, even though he's afraid. The idea of who comforts whom, though. Because I think seeing his dad being utterly terrified, even though he was just trying to do what he was trying to do, putting him in the box, I don't think it helped. As much as he tried not to be afraid for his son, I think seeing his dad... And and we can open this up a little bit, because I, I don't know if you want to, but... I'll just talk about myself. If you've ever seen your dad cry, you can't help but cry. Something about seeing somebody you consider to be like a, your guardian and your your I don't know your, even your mom, but you're like your strong figures. But mostly, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just natural for me. But but whenever I've seen my dad break down, it just all of a sudden I start breaking down because it's just watching your dad finally allow himself to do to to get emotional it gets me emotional. Yeah. And so, like, thinking about that, as he's putting him in the box, it carries through. Like, every little thing, every little noise sets him off because it's just, in spite of everything, in spite of holding the horn, he still it still affects him. But when we get to the present, who is comforting whom? You find out that Elton's mom's words, the last thing he really knows about her, reading all these things matter-of-factly, you know, the wind does always win, you know, and he has volumes and tomes you know that he can read if he feels scared it's his mom it's the lamb and yet she's talking about things that are kind of depressing and yeah. he, and yet he's reading it in his mom's voice and allow it, it, the very thing that his mom did not want his dad to talk about the extinction of a <laughs> yeah. species he gets like this heaping you know um canister full of depressing things about how we will end and we will end and it will end sooner than you think <laughs> it will be it'll just be that's the way things go and yet he finds comfort in that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i just find that just the irony of like seeing the role switch and then also you know should it have been his mom the entire time talking about extinction maybe he would have felt a <laughs> lot better than when his dad did it but oh, uh man. yeah but is mentioning also like my dad cried after he hit me, and I told him never to look at me again the first time, mm-hmm. first time I remember him crying powerful moment in my life, you know, I was eight, yeah I had a talk like like that with my dad prior to his death, and so yeah, it's there's there's something about like, yeah, you've seen these powerful figures and having them affect you even if you don't want them to affect you, right?
1: I've only seen my my stepdad cry once, and that was at his brother's funeral.
0: How did it hit you?
1: It was i <laughs> I can't really talk about it, but it really hit me hard. I have never ever seen that man cry, and to know that he can be affected that way was um, I don't know, it was scary and maybe relieving all at the same time. Like to know that he can have those kind of emotions that I've never seen before, it was a relief <laughs> to know that he could do that, but yeah. but also scary at the same time and it's like, oh, you know, if this if this situation is hitting him like that, I, how am I going to get through this? How can I get through this? If he, if this, if it's doing this to him, what what does that mean?
0: Right. All things fall apart, right? Like, oh, even our paragons. Right. But let's, let's take that for a second and move it to Felix and then move it back to Elton. Because when you see Felix, he's doing everything in his power to be what a man is expected to be, you know, (laughs) not admitting the truth, you know, Oh, I made a promise. I'm gonna keep my promise, and just uh, using his fake voice, you know, like girls, which was noticeably pronounced by the way. This episode
1: he does have this gruff voice, doesn't he?
0: (laughs) That he puts on too. Yeah,
1: he He puts on this voice when he's trying to be Big Brother Felix.
0: Yeah, (laughs) or like, yes, ultimately Big Brother Felix, but or like, or Big Brother attempting to be Father Felix, more like, right? Yeah, because parental finger exactly (laughs) because by the end of the episode when he has his little heart to heart with hope it's Mm -hmm. different you do sense the difference and so in the
1: the second second time right
0: the last time
1: yeah right when he's like i need you to know
0: and for what it's worth
1: yeah yeah Yeah. man what hope said to felix that really got me too i mean this was kind of an episode full of like knee jerks like oh like it really gut checks you like yeah hope really kind of put it to felix and like, look, my dad gave you every opportunity to be a part of this family. And it just seems like you don't want to be a part of our family. Like we were so excited to have you as a brother and you just basically refused, refused to step into that role.
0: Right. We kept waiting and waiting for that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That moment where you, you'd become our brother and, and look at Felix, like all his life. This is why I wanted to explore him a little bit, because you're talking about somebody who, whose family rejected him. So you think.
1: Well, I, I think Felix is acting exactly how he thinks a family should act. This is how he was. Re- this is a, what a family does for him, right? Yeah. yeah. And so yet, and, y-
0: and yet he acts the I'm, way he acts because he might yeah. he might be afraid that'll happen to him again. That they'll right, reject him.
1: Right. If you let if you let if I let these people in, what if they find out they don't like me and just reject me again? Because he's not a blood relative, so they could just say never mind.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Even further, to so yeah, like, oh, these people aren't even my blood, so it's so much easier for, the, you know, for them to reject me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we can yeah. understand it, too. Like As frustrating as it must be to really watch this unfold, like and maybe they could have done it a little bit better. I don't know. And maybe we'll get into it a little bit more uh, eventually, like in some other episode, like why he feels like he doesn't have to be honest. And honesty is a huge factor here. Because I, let's take those feelings about him not being honest with uh, Iris and Hope and bring them back to Elton because Elton does this interesting thing where it's like an addict, you know, when he gets scared, he defaults back to science and science basically telling him, you know, fear is basically a chemical components that, um, that a result of risk and risk, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a con, it's a construct. And so I, I have the exact quote, but it's not really even that important, but the idea that fear is, is, is a uh, redundant or, It's just not necessary. It's a holdover from an earlier time where we didn't really need, you know, when we needed to be aware of our surroundings so we could survive. And now that we know risk and we're aware of risk and we're conscious of them, you know, fear is just, it's just his way of calming himself down. And then reading his mom's manuscript calms him down. It makes him bring things back to perspective. The idea of the endlings, you know, like finding a way to be okay with things because that's really kind of the way things go. But he says this to Silas and Silas is not buying it. (laughs) <laughs> the, the thing that Elton doesn't understand, and this just goes to show that, like, you can know so much and yet know so little. Silence is, isn't mad at Elton because he had a moment of weakness going against the group. He's not, mad, he's not upset at him for that. He's upset because he just wouldn't admit he was afraid. That's yeah. it. If he would have just said that, if Felix would have just said, you know, I wish I could be there to protect them, I gave it up. I didn't want to be there to protect you gals. I wanted to be there to protect your dad. If you would have right. just said that, you know, I didn't eagerly jump in to protect you. To not that it sounds great if you said it that way, but but <laughs> I was the one who was originally chosen, you know, yeah. and, and I gave that up because your dad told me to, you know, and and, and so I I they have to be okay. They have to be okay because if they're not, then I I'll feel responsible. And I like that. There's something about see. I I didn't get it at first. I really didn't. I wrote it down. I still didn't get it. I didn't get it till just now. That, like, no, yeah. I really didn't. I was like, so what?
1: They have to be No, they have to be okay, because if they're not, Felix will blame himself. Exactly. Because it should have been him there. And I, there's
0: no time for that shit. No. 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 Talk about, like, leaving your shit at the door, Iris says earlier. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they have to be, because yeah. if not, then I'll start blaming myself. And he's... This is what he's... This is the... And then you find this little nugget of what keeps Felix running. It's no wonder why he doesn't shoot for greatness. He's too busy blocking out. Like, <laughs> like wanting to feel responsible for like his parents, not loving him. Let's just start with that. Cause it's just low hanging fruit, <laughs> but also like, you know, he's too busy of, that people might reject him period. And he's too busy learning how to survive and teaching others to survive, you know, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, now to go back to Silas and, and Elton, thank you, Nisa. He says, it's okay. We're all afraid, you know, that, and that's the thing, like when he trips this, and this is when Silas finds a way to get it. To, to get Elton to understand it. Um, when Silas and Elton are hauling ass back to, I'm going to keep bringing <laughs> this back, hauling ass back right. to the boat because the thunder strike, the positive strike and like, Oh, we got, we got to get the heck out of here because you know, we're minutes away from being also struck possibly by the storm, which is weird. Elton trips. And when Elton trips, he's just like doing everything in his power. Like I didn't do this on purpose. Like, I know you don't trust me. He was like, no, dude, dude. And Silas is the perfect person to be right there in the scenario because Silas knows all about, all about what it must mean, what it must feel like to have nobody believe him. Yeah, and seeing yeah. that, seeing that in Elton, he goes, dude, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I, believe you. Yeah. I know why you did what you did. I just wish you'd right. be honest about being afraid, you know? Oh, and you know what? That's funny. Like, okay, Shani's bring up in the book, Huck Finn. One of the things Huck is realizing is that Jim, the slave is a real person and a real man, not just slave. It seems that is what's happening with Hope and Felix in this oh. episode. She begins to realize that Felix has his own story and his own and is his own person. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And so like the big theme about this book is being honest and not just maybe this episode should have been called the wrong end of, of a telescope <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like I feel like if people if <laughs> I keep I laugh because now I'm thinking of that line in the room with Tommy Wiseau it's like, if people just love each other, this world would be a beautiful place. You know, like, but, but I keep wanting to deliver the line. If people were more honest with each other, this world would be a beautiful place.
1: Yeah. You're not wrong, though. You're not wrong.
0: Because then we'd all understand each other. Like We all know with what we're dealing with and what we can do to possibly combat it, right? Right. Huck is constantly doing something to fix the situation, but ultimately making it worse, Charity says. mm mm-hmm. It just goes to show that, like, once Hope and Felix have that little heart-to-heart by the end, Felix and Hope have a brother-sister moment, finally. Because of all the talking about how—and let me just stress, I love it how Iris is the one to really—how each sister has its own strength and weakness. So Iris is the one that says, look, I'm not mad at you. I get you. I get why you feel the way you do. I just want you to say it out loud. You know, I'm not, I'm not even, she doesn't even say that she's disappointed when, when Felix jumps to the end saying, you're disappointed, blah, blah, blah. No, she says no, but she doesn't say no, but she goes, she kind of just moves on. She goes, I get you, but just say it out loud. Some people just want to hear the whole story. Not that you're responsible and you have a job to do and you do. No, we don't need that. We have a parent. And even my parent was willing to admit out loud that, you know, when they're scared or when they're proud and when they're not, or say, you know, like you know, we know he was disappointed, but he always did his thing. He's where he found a way to kind of tell us he still loved us. Where well, we're still waiting for that for you, Felix. You know, right? So when we finally get to the end, yeah, and and Hope and Felix have this brother sister moment. It's like your sister, you and your sister, is stubborn as shit. And she goes, <laughs> "Look who's talking." Huck says, "This is good for us. That'll turn us into people that we're supposed to be." And 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 um, Felix retorts. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And so I f- I realized at this moment when, when Iris kind of just knocks him over the head with, with just some truth and saying, you know, you got to just, sometimes as a brother, you just have to admit when you're scared because we, Iris and me, I you know, Hope and me, we do that all the time. We're real with each other. We give each other the middle finger all the time when we're, <laughs> when we're upset with each other, but also tell us to grin girl. At, you know, we're we're constantly communicating. And so... Why don't you just start doing that? And we can maybe actually see what's on the other side. And here's the thing. Two things happen at the same time. While Felix is fighting off the walkers, and they're trying to get the boat in the water, Hope at the very last minute, I think, and you tell me if you feel the same way as me, I think Hope immediately understands what Felix is trying to talk about. That she calls it off. She says, look, it's not worth it. If we're not even around to be able to to continue on... This boat ain't worth shit. You know, let's abandon Mm -hmm. it. We could still survive and move on, which is a little ironic because Elton's been constantly battling in his head about survival versus ambition and and the idea of meaning and doing something more, greater with your life. Right. And so just as hope is giving up hope, (laughs) Felix comes in with a fulcrum, you know, like something to help them lodge the boat into the water as they push. And I just feel like it couldn't have happened at a better time for her to just understand which allowed them to have that heart to heart at the end, you know? And so I feel like it's funny. Huck's words kind of ring out in my ears about how being out here changes us because I feel like this is weird reversal when, when Felix says, we'll see, I see that as an admission. I don't know about you, that maybe we can move on and maybe we can save your dad.
1: Yeah. Could be. I also noticed when, while he says that he's eyeing up Huck. So I almost, I took that as foreshadowing. I don't know of what but that was that was what i saw
0: <laughs> right and then when they have that conversation later huck and felix i f- right. i feel like they they just like moved across each other like ships in the night like all of a sudden huck is starting to think divide see this is what killed me is like huck is now talking about divide and conquer mm-hmm. and i'm wondering what that means because then she just moves immediately on to her plan which is i'm going to scout ahead which right. i th- i think she's moving on to plan b right am i not mistaken
1: she said she had a plan B, but we don't know what it is, right? She didn't we She do. didn't actually come out and say what it was. Oh, no, we, we do?
0: We sort of do. Plan B, they mentioned in the beginning. Plan B was supposed to be the following. Why don't you take the boys back to Campus Colony, ultimately, and me and, okay. li- and, me and the girls will move on to New York. This is what I didn't understand at first, too. And, okay. then I, and then I literally had to read the words and write them down and be like, oh, I see. And this is the divide and conquer tactic. Okay. I don't know if that's 100% really what she's talking about, but if they are dividing, and they're splitting the difference, the plan B is basically splitting the difference. Saying, okay, maybe we can't get get them all back home. Maybe you and the boys can just go back home, and then I can go with, with the girls on, move on to, because maybe in a smaller group we can be more effective, you know? We can move on yeah. to New York, find out what's going on, I'll bring them home for you. And you can still sort of keep your promise, you know, in a way. But I feel like <laughs> by the by the end of the episode, Felix actually wants to be their brother. Yeah. You know,
1: I don't think he had ever realized um, how Hope and Iris saw him until Hope kind of threw it in his face. Like, he probably this whole time felt like he was acting like a brother. You know, he probably loves them like a brother and felt like he was doing, you know, what he was supposed to be doing as a, a you know, honorary family member. But Hope throws it back in his face and is like, no, you're, you're, we've been waiting for you to be our brother. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa, okay, I thought I was. Obviously, I need to you know, fix this. I need to let them know that I really do care about them. This is not about fulfilling some promise, but I do care what happens to you.
0: Right. Right. Now that I'm, now that I've, I've taken this responsibility on, maybe it was, he was just taking it too seriously. And then he didn't, this is the thing before the promise even occurred. Like he, he was kind of like their brother and he, but he still wasn't, he was a security officer, busting chops, you know? So it's like, he never really became their brother. And now out here he can be. Mm-hmm. It, it does mm-hmm. something to you out here. This is why, like, the Huck's words kind of ring out in my head. Because, oh, oh, okay, so this is changing him so that he can find a way to be the brother that they always wanted. And she, and yeah. I like how Hope just says it out loud. You know, we're just waiting. We're just waiting for you to be our brother. And you never, you never arrived. And Nisa and says, which is, which is a nod to Huck Finn, too, the divide and conquer idea. Tom Sawyer actually with the oh. gang. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I, even from the beginning, Felix did not want to do Plan B. Like his ideal is to bring everybody home. Right.
1: I don't think it's a good idea to split up. Do you?
0: I don't either. I don't, I don't think think
1: that's a good idea at all. I especially don't like the idea of Huck going off on her own. I mean, no matter how capable you are of protecting yourself, shit happens, man. And if something happens to one person, you just might not ever see him again. I mean, that would be terrible. Yeah. And, not knowing what happened.
0: Yeah. Not having any means to actually get word back to everybody else too. Like exactly. That, and this is the thing that, that worries me is that like, this does kind of go back to like the walkers are still dangerous idea. The impression that everybody seems to get about being Walker killing machines. Oh, we're already 10 years into the apocalypse. Isn't everybody a Walker killing machine and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, you can be. And this <laughs> is, this is where I think Huck's fatal flaw is, is the idea that, oh, I've mastered this. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to be her fatal flaw because you know no matter how much shit you've been through the thing that you're supposed to learn is that you never underestimate the wind you know never underestimate yeah. the force of nature and I feel like she's taking that for granted like oh, like oh I've been through this big thing that I've you know already been through what what else can like what what doesn't kill me makes me stronger but that's not true mm-hmm. That's not true at all. So, like, if, if cancer hits you, it doesn't mean that you're less sensitive to cancer. No, it means you have to keep going every six months and get your cancer screening, make sure you're still in remission, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, <laughs> Huck, why are you acting a fool, bitch? <laughs> 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 but I, that's what I... That's, because this is the thing I'm trying to reconcile also, like why Hope decides to go on her own, you know? I know. Unless, I... It's the only thing I could come up with is like, oh, i know, she, I'm right there with you. She thinks she's beyond this. I, it's best I can but, guess. But
1: the al- the alternative is what? Take one of the kids with her. I mean, she's not going to take Felix. That would leave the kids totally alone. And the other option would be to take one of the kids with her. That that would be even more dangerous, right? Yeah, having to look after someone and
0: yourself. Yeah, and I wonder. I think. I think ultimately, like maybe they manufacture. Maybe she manufactures a situation where, oh, you know, I almost got it back there. Maybe, maybe I could use you girls. Uh, to, to, to go on to, you know, I, I won't go, I won't go ahead, go ahead of you guys, you know, without you, you know, I'll just take two of you girls with me, that sort of thing. And like, yeah. and then eventually they'll go, Oh, you guys go on back to campus college. <laughs> I got this with the girls. You know, they got my back, you know, they got my back. I learned my lesson. Oh, you know,
1: <laughs> like, Yeah.
0: whatever, Huck, <laughs> I see right through you.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, fooling nobody. You ain't no Huck Finn, but uh, I'm by that same token, like. Look, I, I, I get why she would think this experience that I had uh, floating down the Missouri River. Mississippi? Mm. Well, she says Missouri. I think that's a portion of the Mississippi River. But she said she was floating down the Missouri. And mm. and what she says was, you know, it, it, being out here makes you stronger. And, like, you know, what she doesn't tell people, obviously they know the nickname of why they call her Huck. Because she was floating down the river. they find her. And then they just say, oh, that's kind of just funny. Like, you're half dead. And... You know, you're floating on this raft down the river, and you're like, "I'll just call you Huck." But then, what what she doesn't tell them, you know, the kind of gory details of how, like, you know, how many times she felt like she was about to give up, you know, how how many times she felt like calling it, you know, just and just ending it then and there, paired off with the idea that, like, you know, being out there makes you different, makes you stronger. I just, I just feel like there's something about Huck that tells me that, like that experience of having of having almost died has to have counted for something. Meaning like it had, it had to have given me some sort of right in this world, that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, purpose, right? I yeah. mean, you survive something like that and you come out feeling like, okay, I, I'm here for a reason. I, I have something to fulfill.
0: Yeah. That could, I have purpose. It could be that too. Yeah. Like, or maybe that's my job. Like, okay, the fact that mm-hmm. I made it out of this means that I can ferry these girls, you know, and they'll be protected.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that could be, foolhardy too, thinking because I've been through this, I know what I'm doing and it could definitely, you know, backfire too. So let's hope not.
0: Right. Right. But that
1: wouldn't make for very good TV, would it? Right. If it didn't.
0: <laughs> and so, and so maybe we'll find out how vulnerable she actually is, you know? And, and I feel like she's playing a, like an interesting game of like, and I, which is why I'm eager to see more about her past and, and how that will play into her future and and why she feels like she's invulnerable, or but and again, like just to kind of reiterate the point, like this 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 person's been out there for the the majority of those ten years, you know, and they found her, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, also, a nod to Huck Finn not giving up when his father kidnaps him, and instead of giving up and possibly dying by his father's hand, he survives, and all thanks to the Missouri River or the Mississippi River. This is uh, Nisa says, and so yeah, that and that's the thing. In maybe Huck feels the same way. And Huck does mention her dad too, by the way. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that has anything to do with it, you know? Like her escaping. Yeah, her
1: her relationship with her dad, I think, is gonna be a little complicated. It, it seemed like. I mean, she told Hope that he was proud of her accomplishments, but then she followed it up with, you know, Dads have a what is she a messed up way of showing that they a fun, care a funny you know? way
0: of showing it, yeah.
1: Right, right. So And so uh,
0: So do brothers. Hopefully
1: we see a little bit more more of
0: that yeah know. maybe Oh she says a strange way of showing anisa points out a
1: strange way yeah exactly
0: Ugh. Ugh. now my mind's like going mm-hmm. all these different places and that it doesn't really yeah. want to go so continue on with amelia's amelia ortiz's monologue yet yeah, even with a resolute will to survive nature will end us see comforting words right <laughs> because that that is its law death inevitable extinction just another of its rules, another part of the life cycle of the very old world churning with energy. Just as she says this, by the way, you can hear the thunder in the background. <laughs> there's no escape from the inescapable. There's no respite from the unceasing. It makes its choices for us. That's a big note. In short, accept the wind. It always wins. Very comforting, again. you know, there, There's no escaping it. Right. And so in, in Elton's addendum, and this is after everything that happens in this episode, you know, he goes off to the side after having just kind of gone through this, just this terrible ordeal of reliving the idea of being in a box and being underneath the raft and having this like crushing moment of like b- remembering what it was like those three days, three days. So yeah, Elton writes his addendum to his mom's words. And you can see even in the booklet, in the booklet, he a- it actually shows the words that he she narrates in the beginning of this episode. And he writes just after that. He doesn't write, here's the thing. He says it. He he starts with, nature accounted for everything about the human race, except our self-awareness. Because we know we can change. We can act in ways that nature wasn't expecting, wasn't ready for. So every now and again, that lets us see the path through the wind, even if it's just for a moment. And sometimes a moment is all you need. And, And I feel like he's squared that circle in his life. That like, you know what, as long as we're alive, and as long as we're still human, and as long as we're willing to kind of... Keep cheating nature, we should because we'll, we should take every chance we get to cheat nature to cheat the inevitable, yeah, so what, what did you take away from that from elton 's addendum?
1: <sighs> well, I liked the idea that his mom wrote this um you know before the apocalypse, right so she 's basing all of these ideas on theories. Elton gets a real life hands on experience he 's basically confirming or disproving what what's written in there you know what i mean and then making other observations as well i mean nature has one at this point right nature's one and the human the human race is just barely holding on we're just scraping for what we can you know still hold on to and you know elton gets to see all of that so you know his mom has these theories and now elton gets to see them play out in action i just i like that idea that was kind of what i took from from all of this, and like you said, you know, he keeps making all these notes in there, and like, you know, well, here's what she said, and here's what I've observed, you know, type right. of deal. Like the so I, I like needs. It. Yeah, yeah, like this whole thing of before and after, you know, theories and answers, really.
0: Yeah, two El to my little explorer, the little right. four. Uh, Nisa <gasps> says, um, yeah,
1: that that made my heart jump.
0: <laughs> and but yeah, it's true though. Like he ends up being his mom's. You know, or he, maybe that's the driving force of him to kind of see what's out there is that little forward, right? You know, finishing his mom's story is, is Sharon, says also. So that's the thing. What I start to come to realize also is that something that we just don't like, if we just read the story and watch this episode as is, you start to realize, okay, no, in some ways, yes, she's right. 100%. Right. And as inevitable, all these things, we know all this. We do. Right. I mean, we don't like to be reminded of it because we like to think we're a lot more than the sum of our parts and, and the inevitable thing that gets us all right because if we started if we kept thinking about that then we wouldn't be able to do, So this is the, the burden of being a conscious person to have these thoughts to know to plan for the future is the one defining feature that humans have that makes us human to plan for the future no animal in history no nothing in the natural world has mm-hmm. that and that make that yeah. separates us from everything else so one of the things to keep in mind is that with all this talk about nature being that force that always wins and it's a force to be reckoned with. The one thing that we didn't take into account is that nature is also kind of a bitch because it created zombies <laughs> or maybe we did, who knows? But the whole idea is that, Oh, nature's trying to fuck with us. Now we have to, we have to do our best to fuck with nature too. Cause like nature gave us no choice. Like we could, like it, maybe it goes back to Morgan's speech too. That little monologue mm, in the last episode. People changing. Right. People had to decide for themselves whether or not they wanted to change. And sometimes they did. sometimes it worked, you know, maybe not much, maybe not for long. Maybe they, they went back to their ways, but you know, people tried, you know, people tried to make themselves better, but this thing gave us no choice. You know, we either died or adapted. And so she wrote all this before the virus out, you know, before the, before the, sorry, the zombie outbreak. Right. 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 And so she didn't get the middle finger that, that nature gave us. That we had to adapt, <laughs> and furthermore, like okay, there's survival, and then there's the idea of p- finding meaning and purpose. Like it's one thing to survive, but another thing to find a reason to live, you know, a reason for yeah. being, a reason to move on, like uh, to 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 thrive rather than just survive, right? Mm-hmm. So no, we've I- heard
1: before, surviving is not living, it's yeah, not thriving,
0: right? Exactly. So it's you know, Nisa says, accept the wind, right? This is Amelia's the last bit of Amelia's first quote. And it's like, no, no, like, it's not enough. It's not enough. Like, there's no riding this wind. There's just, what, cut your throat? (laughs) Like, what (laughs) do we do? We just get bit. Is that is that the lesson? No. I mean, nature gave us no choice. So fuck you, nature. Fuck you. You know, sometimes we have to take that chance. Sometimes we have to find that moment in the wind and cut through and, and decide. Let's go back to Elton in the first episode. We are the masters of our fate. How do we form our fate? health, friendship, honesty, integrity. Isn't that weird? Like he has the answer in his karate. It just needed, he just needed to actually be able to reach it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I love the, it's like so ironic, you know? Okay. Oh, oh, but this is just in relation to, to karate, right? To protect yourself, you know? No, no, No. we're the master of the situation. We'll be able to handle it. Redirection. Oh, Morgan. Anyway, so, but like, yeah, but nature, (laughs) nature, nature told us that we, you know, we have to fight back. You know, we have to. Yeah. They're like, so this is the Nisa saying, so this is the honesty episode. Yeah. So where's the integrity episode? Yeah. Oh, that's next episode. <laughs> mm. Friendship, friendship. It, isn't that funny? <laughs> how like, like the whole premise of the show does is probably is stemming from, you know, Fia, uh, Elton's chant, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Oh, I sure. Kinda, I kind of sure. like that.
0: I also kind of wanted to bring it back to the beginning because like, when we talk about the ivy and the panning out and looking at Dakary Town, did you connect a little bit the animals that were portrayed in the video a little bit to our characters?
1: Like the tiger and the toucan?
0: Tiger, the toucan, the great ape.
1: Oh, I didn't see... I only saw the tiger and the toucan.
0: So there's a tiger and there's a toucan. There's a great ape and there's a, no. and there's a snake.
1: When I see a tiger, I'm going to think of Shiva every time, so... <laughs>
0: Well, see, the only thing that confuses me is like, who is the tiger? Who is the gorilla? Who is the snake? And who is the toucan? And I wonder, I wonder who's who. Like, I, I want to say the toucan, <laughs> the toucan is Iris a little, because you know, follow your nose, like Fruit Loops.
1: <laughs> you know? I know. I was gonna say the only reference I have to a toucan is is Fruit Loops. I don't know much about toucans. <laughs>
0: exactly, I don't either. And, oh. and see, here's the thing, Sherry, I wanted to say Silas was the gorilla too, but like considering that episode the tiger and the lamb i kind of want to say ti- the tiger is is silas do you know what i mean like that terrifying beautiful force yeah or hope i guess maybe it could be hope because remember we did reference her as the tiger also like yeah. sees burns the, the the thing of muck
1: would you consider felix the snake then
0: no since he's trying to- my first gut instinct yeah maybe but i i actually. I actually, my gut instinct when I first saw that was like, oh, hope is the snake, you know, adaptable, uh, you know, kind of fuck you and everything, that sort of thing. Shut her
1: skin and turn into someone else when she needs to. Yeah. She's
0: my little
1: psycho.
0: Yeah. My little psycho. Hope is the snake, Charity said. Uh, And that's
1: total. My little psycho, I feel like is even more confirmed at the end when they play that psycho music over top of what she's looking at. And I'm just like,
0: (laughs) oh, when (laughs) the the
1: music at the very end. The very very end when Hope's um, sees the picture of Amelia and it clicks. Oh
0: yeah, that who little, she is with the little and and the little and the little. Oh, do you know? Do you know that I forget what that instrument is called when they when they use a uh, a violin bow against like a, these like these like metal tines. Here, <inaudible> dear, like a little oh, squeaking okay. noise. Yeah, <sighs> I've only seen that use uh, like. In horror movies, and also I've seen it used on stage by Imogen Heap, but it's, it does have a distinct noise. But Charity says something. Who's the daiquiri? Who's the daiquiri? <laughs> uh, huck. Huck. The daiquiri. <laughs> we both said Huck. <laughs> but then who's the who's the great ape? Yeah. I, I was thinking like maybe Elton, but like just because it makes sense. of, oh, you know the great. We are descended of of the great ape. You know, like. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, it's just fun. You see, so? You said, Felix? "Oh, Felix is the great ape." <laughs> Guys, we have to. <laughs> I'm Felix. I'm your brother. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I
1: don't know. I don't know if any of them really fit into a a great ape.
0: Or we we can e- we can easily play take the cop out route and saying, "Oh, it's all of them. They all have each of these qualities." Brr, sure. Brr, well, sure. milk toast fence sitters <laughs> all of us we never have anything bad to say about the show we're always cheerleaders sorry i'm venting my own thoughts right now uh, the show's I awesome do. there's nothing we can critique a bit about at all
1: <laughs> i do i feel like that sometimes like and i oh man i'll even like Stuff that I'll like will irritate me. I will try to justify even before I even bring it up. But it's funny you say that because if we didn't have the conversation (laughs) at when we, when we did the first episode of this and we were talking about, well, you had mentioned how sometimes they film out of order. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the thought I did had you not planted that seed in my head. But watching this episode, I almost felt like this was the one they recorded
0: first. Let me, let me think on that for a second. Oh my god, that actually makes sense. A lot of sense.
1: <laughs> I and I felt I felt it most with
0: hope. Why did you feel it most with hope?
1: Well, I don't know. I just felt like sh- this episode to me, she was still trying to sort of figure out her character. Like even the voice that she's using to deliver lines in this episode, I it sounded different to me than the first 3 episodes. She sounded more comfortable and confident and in this one it, it was. Um, I felt unsettled? Like I could feel. Her, well, I felt like I could feel her trying to figure it out. Do you, do, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'm I'm trying to struggle at which lines in particular. Like maybe when she decided to pull back on the boat. Well, a little of that. I think
1: I I think I noticed it mostly when she confronts Elton. Like that that whole scene where she's supposed to be really upset and it comes off more awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah, like. You want you want to double time it, like, or maybe the, it doesn't require that much connection. Like she's just blanket upset.
1: Maybe, but then you know Felix joins in, and sh- and then you know she gets in Felix's face, and it, I don't know. It just it felt like there wasn't quite a connection between those two characters yet, even though we have seen them so far. I just I felt like this might could have been the first one they they filmed. <laughs> Yeah. And I wouldn't have thought that had you not put that scene in my head. (laughs) You know, now
0: I kind of, I kind of want to wonder, I want to research if I, maybe we'll have it next episode, but like, I wonder which one's filmed at which time, you know, like how, because it doesn't even have to be the episode episode, it could be just scenes, you know, so maybe there are some scenes where they filmed afterwards and I don't know, but I did want to read Sharon's comment about how, you know, in, I guess in Latin, uh, a tiger is Felis, which Felix, Hmm. Felix the tiger yeah, and Nisa okay, so
1: is agreeing with me. Yeah. yeah, she was definitely more comfortable in the previous episodes. I, I felt like that, too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't think I would have noticed it if, if I didn't know if I didn't that they film out. out of order like that. Yeah.
0: And especially, like, okay, forget about hope for a second. Like, it, just <laughs> just going on Felix's, I'm Felix, I speak like this, I have to pretend to be, and I'm Felix, like he sounds he sounds like a caricature of like team america like (laughs) fuck yeah team america felix you know like like what what are you doing man god be an actor (laughs) be an actor god damn it
1: but i don't remember hearing the gruff voice in the previous episodes like this like almost like he like is this how felix talks i'm gonna you know yeah but that it didn't work so then
0: he changes the voice a little bit yeah. i don't know i tweaking my voice you do hear it in the last episode too like when they're caricaturing him okay. uh, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The first step is avoidance i heard that <laughs> <laughs> i heard that iris her <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah but that's the tell because <laughs> you don't get as much of that even when he's like teaching lessons like i feel like we got the ca- caricature first like so we got obviously we got the lessons in the second episode in the flashbacks when iris is trying to take down the walker but those lessons were kind of like you want to do avoidance yeah i'm felix felix is taught felix is teaching you right now felix has I'm a good felix. voice i found it i found my voice and and so like <laughs> and then you go to this episode and it's like yeah felix fuck you. you know but that's what i'm trying to say it's like yeah so yeah. that's the tell like hope yeah. acting like a teenager and going fucking you I don't like you be fine Whatever, I get that. That <laughs> makes sense. You know, there's not much depth into being upset. You know, like in that teenager, like fuck you, you went against me. Eh, what do you mean, Huck?
1: She even when her
0: and Huck are walking down the
1: beach, she even like kicks the dirt a little bit. Did yeah. you just see her? She like stomps her foot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love these choices, like little. But that's a good touch. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm oh. a teenager i'm so embarrassed me. right oh my gosh so so
1: i'm so glad you said that silas got a pair of those sunglasses trick-or-treating last night
0: oh, okay. some house
1: was handing out those sunglasses
0: did he wear it on top of his leather face because i would know uh, what probably, a missed opportunity they're probably still
1: in his bag.
0: Uh, did you say i'm so embarrassed for you silas
1: I did. I should have, but I was just trying to hustle away from the house. There were other kids waiting. I feel so
0: embarrassed for you.
1: Ready? <laughs> no, let's no move on. Heck no, heck no, I'm stealing those glasses. Oh. I'm them next
0: let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> but you have to ask permission first. It's his now.
1: That's true. No, he won't care.
0: He yeah, he won't.
1: The name of the episode, Madman Across the Water. Right. Is an Elton John album.
0: Oh, it, it, does this also relate to Huck Finn? No. No, I, I,
1: I just thought it was I just thought it was funny that it was an Elton John oh, album. and this song or this episode was about Elton.
0: What I it's <laughs> it's weird because there's not many people named Elton. So when you said Elton John, I didn't even think about Elton. Do you know what I mean? Like it was oh, I didn't connect yeah. the two names being the same. Like Elton John is just this entire being named Elton John. Right. Elton John. Elton not John. Elton. Yeah. Elton John. <laughs> so.
1: Exactly. Um now, I also thought it was funny that But
0: how does the song um, relate? I'm it doesn't. Wondering.
1: It's about it's about a madman. Because I mean, to saying the song relates to Elton John. Though, are you saying the episode relates to Elton John himself or the song? I didn't think that. I didn't. I listened to the song. I didn't. <laughs>
0: saying saying He sang his dad. Wait, but Rocket Man was Rocket Man was Rocket Man was. Oh, it was Elton John. I,
1: t- yeah, Rocket Man was was Elton John, but it was not on this album. Tiny Dancer was on this album.
0: Oh, Elton's a tiny dancer. He's dancing. <laughs> he's stomping across our hearts.
1: She's saying there's a lot of nods to Elton John because Elton's dad and the meteor with the rocket, the rocket man, Elton John. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. Exactly. This week's episodes are Elton and Elton and John or Reginald Dwight. You're going to have to elaborate. Oh, 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 oh. She means for free, the walking dead. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Oh, also, this was the fifth episode of world beyond and this album was released on november 5th
0: oh get out That's a reach (laughs) but it wasn't originally intended to be the
1: fifth episode
0: is that what you mean well oh yeah but it wasn't supposed to be yeah it was supposed to be back in april we were supposed to get these episodes but it's odd that we're getting it around november Mm -hmm. now talking about songs one of the one of the big songs that happens when they're trying to build the raft is meaning
1: of a songbird calling by doc Robinson.
0: It starts off, feel the sun come slowly, makes the window glow like, like an old friend round the dead end. So like, you know, playing with your friends. So like, there's like a nostalgia, like there's a thing of the past. You see Elton look at his life beforehand with his dad, etc. cetera. Um, all I need is a place to dream and all I need is clouds beneath my feet. You know, so they're trying to find this sense of like, you know, of this purpose of like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. They swing and sudden breezes through the leaves and, and leaves me breathless. Say, say you're living by faith. You can get in my head, see the colors, uh, see the color of your clear eyes. So like these people are like living on a prayer, basically. Um, you can get in my head and see the color of my, and see the color of your clear eyes. So like they resolute, you're like this is I know, what I know we have to do. Influence me, you know, be, be the thing that's going to get me to do the thing that, you know, Brings my life joy, right? You can fall asleep in a cave of dreams, paint the morning's paint, cross endless streets that go, twisting off like blades of grass or strands of a bracelet, but new, but we're ancient, but we're trying, but we're faking, but we're real, but we're vacant. The river just goes and no way to tame it because nothing is sacred. All form is shapeless. Nothing can change it. All roads are aimless. So it's like you have to decide what you want to do, you know, because we can sometimes fake it till we make it. You know, sometimes we can pretend that we're real, but we're actually vacant. And, like, the river just goes where it wants to go, because there's no way to tame it. So we have to figure out how we want to use it. You know, nothing is really sacred. You know, all all form is really shapeless when you really decide, when you figure out what matter is. You know, like, the idea of matter. Solid, liquid, gas, whatever. Nothing can change it, and all roads are aimless. But, like, I like this idea that, like, okay, literally, all we can ever do is... All we can ever do is decide how we want to live our lives. You know, how do we form our fate, right? We are the masters of our fate.
1: Very fitting. Very fitting. Yeah. Go to what Elton's mom is saying too, right? Don't fight nature.
0: Right. And yet <laughs> the thing about the song is, is like, look, this is nature, but, you know, do what you can to get me to do more than what nature says I should do. Because, you know, we can realize that we're faking it, but we're, you know, but we're really, everything's empty, blah, blah. blah. You, you get the idea, but, you know, get me to see, get me to believe. Because I want to believe. I want more than just what this song is outlining. But I also like the idea of the songbird, too. Because the songbirds, you have to realize another thing that really kind of plays this song, unbeknownst to the song, by the way, that the dinosaurs that we're all envisioning were scaly, reptilian kind of creatures. It's said that a lot of them, that they actually had feathers, mm-hmm. right? Feathers, birds, winged birds, uh, even like the T-Rex probably had feathers all over it. What's interesting about that? Is that most birds died out except for songbirds? Songbirds hmm. are are actually the dominant of the avian species.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yeah. Hawks and bald eagles when bald eagles are basically going extinct. Hawks, vultures. <laughs> I mean, they're carrions, which means they can survive because they they don't they eat their own right. species like we were talking about. Right. And yet, songbirds thrive. They eat every they eat everything except for their own. They can eat you know you know bugs and and grubs and all that stuff you know they can they can survive on that those birds they don't really do that they eat meat they eat flesh etc so mm-hmm. and who are the songbirds these kids you know they're, they're making they're, yeah. they're making beautiful mu- music unbeknownst to them that's their way of surviving it's there's like a weird thing going on here right see and he's <laughs> saying raptors had feathers exactly so this is the thing like like where all other birds die out the songbirds somehow won is that nature do you know what I mean like, is like in the end at the end of the day, is yeah. that how nature intended it? Probably not. This useless ancillary call that doesn't really do much, and yet they somehow win. So I don't know, there's just something to that song. I thought that was a, it's a ver- something right. It- Let's go straight back to the end of the episode when we see Elton kind of move on, right? He sees his dad in the hallway, looks back, and he's ready to move on. Oh. He steps outside the steps of the Nebraska Museum of
1: Natural History. Of natural
0: history, yeah, that's right. The first sign that you see outside the thing is the ever complex relationship between predator and prey.
1: Predator and prey, right?
0: <laughs> I had to
1: write that down too.
0: Visit. Like how perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Visit Insectarium and watch a live eating at 4 four p.m. every afternoon. And it's a picture of a praying mantis. I, I oh, wish I could had yeah. time to really look up what praying mantises are and are the relationship, but I didn't have time. Whatever. I hear they're not as dangerous as they look.
1: Right. No. I mean, yeah, no. I know what everybody else knows, and that's their mating habits. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sharon is saying the songs are for procreation. and is saying aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they are. <laughs> Pang mantises are aliens. <laughs> I want to go over the public alert evacuation mandate. So yeah. I'm going to read it out, and then we're going to talk about it. But the big thing that we're going to want to talk about is the, is, is the emblem on it. So public alert evacuation, mandatory evacuation plan. The public's vulnerability to the outbreak is undeniable. This sounds like 2020 by the way. Many resources are invested in this problem and a solution will be found. It is important to follow the directions from the U.S. military command. Evacuation orders Mm. are as follows. Report to your nearest shelter immediately. Your nearest shelter is listed on the map below. Now wait, off to the right, there is a 162.4 megahertz signal for people to kind of lock onto, and this is provided by, oh, it's a symbol. There's a C and a D with a kind of like a Uh, like an inverted C on one side and an actual C on the other, and then like a triangle in the background. I looked that up. It's a variation on the U.S. civil defense emblem. Oh, okay. Now, what Hmm. is that? Check this out. Remember we were talking about the propaganda posters in in, um, Kublick's office? Well, it was heavily active in the U.S. during World War II and the Cold War, and it prepared civil volunteers, sorry, yes, civil volunteers, I spelled that wrong, to assist in the event of an invasion of the U.S. soil or attack by at- atomic weaponry. Each state had its own U.S. civil defense force, let's say, right? Okay. So it's not its not like the National Guard. These were volunteers. So, the, the, okay. so it's kind of like a neighborhood watch on a bigger scale. <laughs> okay. All right. So state, right. state by state, right? Now, the, uh, let's read the rest of the thing. Please only bring water, good shoes, and your ID. It is important you stay calm and follow directions. Now, like there's a red zone also on the right. Which probably that. probably indicates uh no mass. It's it's no good.
1: I, I'm guessing that red zone is probably the building that Elton is in. <laughs> Somewhere in that red zone, maybe. Yeah, maybe what, where he's-
0: it's entirely possible. This kinda goes to show that this is This could be the birth of the Civic Republic military.
1: Sure. Right. I mean, especially as you're saying, they're all volunteers just kind of coming together to form, you know, the safety unit. They're going to take charge and decide how to keep people safe. Whew, that's scary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, like, you have to wonder, like, if the National Guard and the military did square off, you know, which military, which National Guard, is it the National Guard and military? Maybe this. And you know what? Maybe the military and the national guard finished finished each other off, and from the ashes came the U.S. Civil Defense, which rebranded itself as a civic sure. civic republic military. You know, and they kind of just took over. You know, and 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 further to the point, they probably found it's their own. They all kind of got together and formed their own small pocket or whatever they were going to end up being.
1: So do you think the the civic republic military was born before the civic civic republic? not the other well, way around.
0: Yeah. Why not? The, the civic Republic military. It's, kind of how
1: it's playing out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it looks like. It's like, Oh, we're, we were born of military first and then we scrounged up whatever we could in whatever pocket we wanted to live in. And that became our society. And we molded society in our own image. We yeah. made it happen. That's what makes of- sense
1: that, that they could keep control of their community a lot better that way too. If they started out as, you know, a military community. Right, And we're like, if you want protection, you follow our rules or adios.
0: And then here are some pretend things that we're going to invent over the course of 10 years to kind of at least imitate some sort of free society, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, because you need to kind of, it's kind of like some of all these movies. You remember like when they were talking about the matrix and, oh, when we first created the matrix, we made it look like heaven. And yet people were not still not satisfied. So you kind of had to invent, you know, kind of model it after the, after like real life to kind of give people obstacles and things to overcome sadness, misery, et cetera. So yeah. th- this is kind of like what the civic Mo- Republic military kind of latches onto the idea of, well, okay, let me get, let, let's give you some, like, you know, the fascia of like <laughs> of freedom, the illusion of free speech or the illusion of like freedom. But, and yet, you know, you know already that there is none, <laughs> but we'll, right. we'll at least let you play around with these little fake toys. see the last thing that we end up seeing is that Iris is, Moseying off to kind of kill that empty, but that empty ends up being a human. Now, when I first saw this, tell me what you thought it was, who you thought it was first, Gareth. <laughs> Gareth from like *Terminus*.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know he's dead, but that's kind of who he reminded me of.
0: I, I, I actually thought it was—I um, thought it was Barker for a hot sec.
1: Oh, oh, right. No. Okay. Kind of
0: like in the darkness, you, what you could see from him, but if you immediately after you see like the sneaks into the next episode, clearly is right. not him. Right. But right. but one thing that we did say in just the last episode is like, and this is, again, my false pretenses of like, okay, there can't be anybody out here because anybody out here is either dead, not, you know, in campus colony or something like that. After 10 years, how long can people live out on their own? You know, hope almost half dead going down the raft, the Mississippi River. You know, it's hard. It's hard out here to live an ex- to an extended period of time. So So here I'm thinking like, oh, but when will they meet other people? And now we start to.
1: Yep, I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be bitching a lot next episode. I was already not happy with the with the snakes. I was yelling at Iris, and the ep- I haven't even watched the episode yet.
0: <laughs> but you were you were yelling at Iris just about this one thing. Like it's like I got this yes. not uncommon refrain, by the way. I, I had well, another user her, on Twitter say that
1: her wanting to help someone. We uh, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh,
0: oh oh that okay. I, don't was, do I that. Was, even before the the episode ended. I was just kind of like. Um, Oh Iris, like Silas says I got you back and it's like no no I got this. I'm like didn't we did we learn nothing?
1: Right? Right. Yeah. Like she needs <sighs> hope or Iris needs to learn to let the people around her help her. Stop thinking that you have got this. Just they stop They have it. to be the just, le- just
0: because you're the leader. Like don't be like your brother.
1: <laughs> being a good leader means being able to delegate as right. well, you know. Yeah. So,
0: don't be like Captain Kirk, you know, oh I, I'm going to go down to the surface. <laughs> no, you're that's against the rules. You know where to. Yeah,
1: out. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm. Uh, Iris and I are not going to get along next episode. I can tell you already.
0: <laughs> uh, but you know what? All of them technically go along for the ride. So it's like you want to blame Iris, but at the same time, well, maybe this whole thing will get everybody to kind of like turn on Iris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we'll see. <laughs> Should you be we'll the leader?
0: See. Should you? I don't know. And it could be one of those things where like Huck. This this is the wedge that gets Huck. You know, to take the girls with her and lead herself. Right? Did, Who knows? Did you
1: see Huck in the sneak peeks?
0: No, I didn't. I don't like, remember. Okay, I'm assuming that she makes it back. First of all,
1: <laughs> but well, second of all,
0: like you know, was, like, as a result was, of the of meeting with people, like yeah, this will I get I was her kind to... of
1: assuming we wouldn't see Huck ne- cause next episode because she's still out scouting. And then I thought, if Huck were there, she would probably be the one to tell them not to trust people. You know, yeah, exactly. don't do this. Don't do this.
0: That's isn't that interesting, like. Even Felix would be susceptible to this because he's been behind walls. And he's just saying Huck is fine. Just saying
1: she's fine. <laughs> like, she's fine.
0: But like I'll be yelling next week too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like ha- these people like have been around people all their lives, and even though people do suck, people these people don't tend to think of think of other people as deadly. Like The Walking Dead is really people. They haven't right. been out here long enough to even discover that.
1: Right. That's why I'm like, no, <laughs> they're gonna That's have gonna to be- find out the hard way.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's going to be their lesson for today. Felix, that is not going to be one of Felix lessons plans because like the truth is they can find out all the, all they can about walkers in a classroom, but they're not going to really learn about people and right. what's how this has changed them. Huck knows though. And that's the irony about her being away.
1: Exactly. That, <gasps> it's a school of
0: hard knocks. I'm not, I the thing is, is, is that how are they going to do this in a way that really doesn't protect them against like, cause you know what? Things have got to go bad. And who's going to be the first casualty? Do, you know, is it Felix? Because oh. he gets that resolution with with, Ho- with Hope, his sister, you know? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I think we'll see like a, a real serious injury first, don't you? Or do you think they'll just hit us right away with a, a death?
0: Whether it's metaphorical or actual.
1: No, like an actual physical injury, like like a really close call. Or do you think they'll just hit us right away with a big death?
0: I, first of all, I don't think anything. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm 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 wary because, like, if they don't do that, like, and of course they're gonna find another way to to show how dangerous this was or this possibly was without mm-hmm. having to do that. Probably that's that's what I would probably have to say is like, oh, we're gonna think this, we're gonna think that, we think nobody dies. Well, but they're gonna show us in a different way what it's like to actually help people in this world and yeah. that it doesn't always go the way we think it's gonna go. And He says Silas will smash the enemy. I'm like, mm. that's right. <laughs>
1: but
0: Silas Silas isn't invulnerable, right?
1: That's true too, though. I mean, I'm I'm I am all prepared for this this new person in my mind. First of all, he's a liar. I don't hmm. believe the, the 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 new guy. Oh, the new
0: guy. Okay,
1: the new guy. I don't believe him. I think he's a liar. I think he's trying to get our people into a situation. And oh, you know
0: what his name is by the way. We said it earlier. The,
1: yeah, you said it, but I don't remember. Percy. That that's the character or the actor?
0: The the character. Is Percy? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that poor kid. Short
0: for Percival.
1: I know. I don't
0: know if that means yeah. anything. Why are I could have ca- called him
1: Perry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, Percy, well why is really? that significant? Yeah. Percival well, Honestly,
1: I'm... I'm Scrubs is on TV right now and that's oh, Percival okay. Percival Cox Doctor Perry.
0: <laughs> short for <laughs> short for Percival. It is
1: Percival <laughs> Ulysses Cox. <laughs>
0: Interesting, though, um, Sharon, says, I don't know if there's any significance to, to this, but Elton's hand was bandaged just like Silas's was. But we saw Hope's hand get bandaged as well.
1: Yeah, in this episode
0: because she because the she, ah, the wrench breaks or something and her hand gets Tung cut or something her. like that.
1: Is that why she couldn't go under and fix whatever needed to be fixed? Because when they were talking about who's small enough to get under there, everybody turns and looks at Elton and I'm like, hello, isn't Hope just as skinny? Why couldn't <laughs> she go do it? You know, the that's person good, without a, claustrophobia.
0: <laughs> that's a great bone to pick, too, because, like, I, but who is smaller, Elton or, or Hope? I think but Hope is his, actually a with his,
1: she might be taller, but I would bet she's maybe skinnier or at the very least close enough.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what's interesting is that they probably thought, and this is something that Nicholas okay. Cantu also, oh, no, yeah. Nicholas Cantu also mentions this, uh, is that, you know, he kept growing throughout the season. And so I think originally he classically he was smaller than all the others. Oh, like too. like
1: physically, like actually physically growing? smaller.
0: But when it came time to film the scene, I think is just you know he grew and oh wow. I, I think they just decided to use him anyway. But again, like you know, without that scene, you wouldn't get this weird flashback, right? Flashbacks and stuff like yeah. that. So you, like you're forced to let it go. But I also think that he was technically smaller when they figured all the casting out, and then he just started to grow. <laughs> he even mentions like how how many okay. different suits he busted out of. And keep making bigger and bigger suits. Yeah.
1: How old is Nicholas Cantu? That's crazy. I'm quite claustrophobic as well. So, watching him in that scene, both in the box and under the boat, and then as soon as he started yelling that he was stuck, oh, oh, my heart started pounding really hard. And I'm like, somebody get him out.
0: He's five and five and three quarters now.
1: He's five five.
0: Yeah. He's He's taller taller than than I am. Yeah, he is seventeen years old.
1: Seventeen, called it. Well, that makes oh. sense then. Why he's growing so fast?
0: What a difference a year makes.
1: Yeah, Sherry, I think you make a good point. The fact that he doesn't bring up Pluto as a planet, um, that kind of—I wrote,
0: I wrote that down too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that kind of supports how we were—we were wondering if this all went down in two thousand eight, right? Because of the yearbook, uh, yeah, the yearbook, and if it was two thousand eight, Pluto would not have been considered a planet that year.
0: <laughs> is is pluto back to being a planet by the way
1: i don't know I don't listen to them because my very educated mother served us nine pizzas and I want my damn pizzas so pluto's always going to be a planet
0: it's called a, a dwarf planet pluto's classification as a planet has had a history of changes since 2006 per the international Astron- astronomical Union's planetary criteria: Pluto isn't considered a planet because it hasn't cleared the neighborhood around its orbit of other objects. However, it does meet IAU's criteria for what can constitute as a dwarf planet, so it's smaller than Earth's moon too. Uh, heart-shaped glacier, which we saw the memes of, by the way. Do you remember that? The memes of like of it Uh-oh. showing its heart and it's going. Please consider me a planet. Oh, Pluto, don't wants you to, Pu- Pluto wants you to have a nice day. A little hard on it. Oh. They drew arms and legs. And it's I it's crying. Re- that's
1: so cute. I don't remember that. Right? Uh, Poor Pluto. I feel the same way. Poor Pluto. Uh,
0: oh, so they're also saying that, like, okay, it's Pluto's possibly being an inert ball of ice that's been thrown out the window or flipped on its head, that sort of thing. So they're considering it like so things basically, like, Added onto it to make it look like a planet, but it really isn't. So, it being smaller than our moon.
1: Pluto might just be some like airline toilet flush that got sucked out into space and collected shit on the way out.
0: The first one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ball of piss that eventually got more like a, shit onto like it. Like
1: a, a space shuttle released all their waste.
0: Right, <laughs> and exactly. And
1: planet. Oh, God. Oh, Goddamn uh-oh.
0: Russians. Oh. And their conspiracies. Here's the thing about Pluto. though. is the reason why we're mentioning this is because this is the the little chant that um little Elton and then subsequently present day Elton is chanting to himself to kind of make himself calm down. Is was, it was uh, Mercury, Venus, Earth, uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. No, Uranus, Mars. Jupiter, whatever. <laughs> I forgot. Forget Mars. Mars isn't important. <laughs> Listen. Anyway, yes. So he, he he chants out in order the uh from the sun. The, the planets, and he keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And this is this is why we bring this up. And yes, yes. And he doesn't mention Pluto specifically because it was ejected from the list of planets. All, all that we know now is that Nicholas Cantu is as big as a planet right now. And that's, that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> Did you notice how he was gripping the screwdriver true, imagining that it was the Triceratops horn?
0: Yeah. I um, imagine it worked for a little while. <laughs> right. Until, Sil- until Silas dragged him out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> looking at like his flashbacks just in I, I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes and it's just so I can't it's hard because I can't even imagine what it must have been like to be him trapped in a box like that or trapping three himself days. in a box yeah and marking the days probably to kind of like his max like is okay I can't survive past this so after three days I have to leave there's just no other way yeah. Okay. So with that, everybody, thank you for joining us for our lovely recording. Again, I recommend this episode highly. It's, it does highlight some of Elton's, how things went down for him, the tragedy that is him, all his foibles, the wrestling that he does with, you know, because the wind always wins, but then sometimes it doesn't. And him trying to square that circle. And again, like seeing how bad he had it, how he basically survived on his own and seeing how him go through this process, which I don't think is over yet, because obviously by the end of it, Hope does end up seeing Elton's mom's manuscript and his fo and her photo in the in the back or the front of it, and she is confronted with that that image. Something that she thought she got over, or at least is trying to get over, and now there's an extra roadblock and the added fucka fuckery of like him basically saying, "I keep thinking that she, as impossible as it seems or feels that she's out there somewhere taking care of Esmeralda after all these years, like a ten-year-old Esmeralda." Right. Ugh. And what does hope do in that moment? Like, obviously, i if I was hope, I would not have said anything either. Like, how do you, how do you square that circle?
1: I hope she takes it to Iris. That that's what I hope to see. I hope yeah. she brings to Iris, and they can kind of talk about what to do. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what I would do. I, I,
0: don't I have would hope <laughs> probably
1: keep, I would probably try to keep it to myself, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know. I mean, the first thing I would do is get the hell, get rid of that damn marble. I mean, what if he (laughs) sees it?
0: (laughs) Evidence, right? Yeah, Yeah. because it's one thing. It's funny that you say that because it's one of the things he, as a kid, he's saying, oh, I want to get a beaded bracelet.
1: He's gonna remember it and he's gonna see it at some point. It's gonna happen.
0: Mm. And it's also, that's interesting. And I don't know if I made that connection at first, but like, doesn't, don't the beads kind of remind you of planets in a weird way?
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. And do you know what? Now that you say that, I didn't think
0: you, about it then. Do, do you know what hopes looks like? Just if you had to do like a gut reaction, it's kind of orange but mostly red. Probably Jupiter. I was gonna say Mars. Oh. Like, and what is Mars in Roman mythology? Uh, know. the god of war.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Also, going back to Pluto. Well,
1: Mars. Pluto's is, is the. Oh yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Mars is um Aries. I thought
1: I thought of Jupiter just cause cause of the cause of the swirly pattern and it being I'll, orange.
0: But. well Jupiter's yeah well maybe maybe but I, I prefer to think Mars because of war but I also okay. prefer going back to Jupiter, to Pluto Pluto is the Roman god for Hades Hades <laughs> is god of the underworld yeah. which is why yeah. he's not as part of the planets it's too it's a PG show okay it's, we need to sanitize <laughs> we can't mention the devil okay it's too religious okay
1: hmm. Something I, I don't know they're, they're not really afraid of bringing religion onto this show <laughs>
0: <laughs> fighting faith Oh, where's Father Gabriel when you need him? So anyway, if you, like, if you like what you heard in this episode, please, please, please rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Give us five stars and just leave a little eggplant. Let us know how you feel. But if you'd <laughs> like to write more and tell us what, what you liked about us the most and the, what you hate about us the most, just give us a rating. I mean, just say something, won't you? And if you really, really like what we're doing and you'd like to help support the show, get some of the unedited episodes ahead of time, before we actually edit this thing down and chop it up and, and throw it up on the internet four days later. <laughs> and also be a part of the chat like Nisa and Sharon D were today. Why don't you buy us a coffee? The way to do that is head over to ko-fi.com squawkingdead squawking dead for less than a cup of coffee. You can make our day, get 30 days of access, be a part of the chat, get the unedited episodes. But if you subscribe to a coffee a month or more, we ain't stopping you. The party <laughs> just keeps on rolling. You get unlimited access to all this stuff. And you help support a great show. I think we're great because I'm conceited, but that's okay. I kinda it's what, do too. It, yeah, it's what makes what makes the world go around? Us. We're the center. <laughs> I think it's
1: awesome. it. Kinda awesome. Kind of. Yeah, we're
0: the we're the sun to your universe. <laughs> <laughs> Mista says we're great. Yeah, we are.
1: Great. Who like cares? Pluto. Just like Pluto.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, bro. This is Hades. Hades. No, no, no. You can't mention the devil.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with. I'll allow it. <laughs> Who has got
0: feelings too. Anyways, so thank you for joining us. Have a great night. We'll see you very soon as we cover Fear of the Walking Deads. It's the fourth episode. Who knows what it's called? I don't care. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> see you, Charity. See you, Nisa. Bye, guys.